Welcome back to another episode of Mac and Mike in the Morning. I'm Mike. And I'm Mac. And I'm Vinod. And the special guest, I guess. Yeah, we have a special edition. We're uh, recording live from London. We're not. Live. <laughs> well, we're live now. We're live now. Uh, yeah, in London. That's so. right. Um, and actually, uh, going back to our, our conversation, I know we're still supposed to be doing intros, but I realized one of the utilities of having the microphone was you could lean in and lean away, which is a visual cue for who's talking when. So we wouldn't like cut each other yeah, off. Yeah. So before we get started, I just want to apologize because I'm probably going to cut both of you off at some point during the podcast. I think you just see that in real All right, life. Well, anyway. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, this very special episode is brought to you by our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Our sponsor, who is here with us now. Yeah. We'll let him introduce himself. Wait, I am the sponsor for this episode? <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, we're here. Um, wh what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about anything? Or is it just, like, fast-paced Q&A with the... <laughs> I figured the latter, um, but I did want to, Vinod earlier this morning was chatting with me, uh, just just he and I, just a very personal conversation without you, Mike, um, and we were chatting about uh, cocktails, and he told me something interesting, I thought it would be interesting to mention on the podcast, about some ingredient that he likes to add to cocktails. Egg whites. Um, ah. So, uh, most people find egg whites gross, and to be honest, I do too, um, but when you mix it into a cocktail and then you shake it up. Um, it turns into this nice, dense foam that you have sitting on top of your cocktail. And it's actually dense enough that you can layer things on it. Like, you can layer, like, a float of vermouth or some other, like, dessert wine or something on it if you want. You can, like, you know, add some bitters or something so it gives an extra smell. I like the bitters thing because then you don't smell the egg white at all. Um, because otherwise, if you take a sniff of the cocktail, um, you can still smell the egg white <laughs> it's a little bit. Eggy. Um, but, like, you know, if you put bitters or, like, just a bit of lime or something on top, um, you don't actually smell anything. So Mac was telling me that the main reason he doesn't <laughs> drink heavily is because the taste of alcohol yeah. is bad. And I totally agree. I think alcohol tastes terrible. But the good thing is, like, if you turn them into cocktails, for the most part, you don't taste the alcohol. So, um, yeah, egg whites. Uh, I've made some fun whiskey sours and rum sours with them. Um, oh. Actually quite, quite nice. Yeah, I wouldn't think to put that in a whiskey sour, I guess. So you've never had egg white? I don't really know. I don't really know how to make cocktails. I just consume them. <laughs> like, have you taken a cocktail class? I like you know did, like, them. years ago. Okay. But, like, everything that I've actually learned has been from experimenting in recent years. <laughs> uh, my wife is a very willing tester, so okay. she gives me real-time awesome. feedback on which ones work and which ones don't. So that's been helpful. Yeah, fast <laughs> feedback. That's really important, right? <laughs> well, you, yes. must have known, you must have known the egg white thing ahead of time, right? You couldn't have just, like... Yeah, I mean, decided well, one day. a friend of mine who makes cocktails with me was like, oh, we should try using egg whites. And he knows how to crack an egg better than I do. Uh -huh. So this is why the whole conversation started, because, like, Mac and I were watching me crack, like, this boiled egg, um, which we get here in the London office for Oh, breakfast. I didn't realize you, um, wow. Boiled eggs. Yep. So, um, and Mac observed that I was very carefully cracking it around the edges, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is from the practice that I recently got on how to crack an egg so you don't actually end up mixing everything together and you can like actually strain the egg white out more easily. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. I think the pros kind of just use like a really fine sieve or something and just like pour the whole thing in it. But like what uh, I guess we low tech people do is like we try to crack the egg in as perfect halves as possible. And yeah, exactly. We yeah. just kind of like 
shake it about until we get just the white out. Do the little so. slinky move. Yeah. 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 Slinky move. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Matt or someone was telling me how you can buy like a carton of egg whites, right? I've seen that. I've seen that like, you know, it, it sits like in, inconspicuously along with like milk and yogurt and stuff like that. And there's just like egg white there. Um, I've never tried that though. Yeah, I feel like it's more for like Rocky type people. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I was telling Vinod the only other time in my life, well, the only time rather, I tried an egg white when I was probably in eighth grade. I'd seen the movie Rocky and decided I wanted to be Rocky, so I tried to eat like six eggs, like just in a cup, stirred up with a spoon, and it was Ooh. disgusting and gross. And, uh, That's really gross. I'm surprised you didn't get sick. Uh, well, I didn't drink much of it. <laughs> you could, like you tried to drink a gulp and it would just like keep coming. It was all like attached because it was mucusy. Oh, and no. Yeah. Yeah. So then yeah. you just kind of like regurgitate it and run away crying. But, <laughs> uh, That's funny. Yeah. All right, thanks for joining us today on Mac and Mike and I. <laughs> uh, it's like tune the uh, <laughs> chimes. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, so speaking of uh, alcohol, Mike, this has been a pretty big trip for you in terms of different places that you've tried, uh, I, different bars. What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> Turned a new leaf. No. Uh, well, you were telling me that you had wanted to go to this gin and tin bar. Um, That's not... No, it's a <laughs> So, do you know um, Mark and Spencer's? Yes. Do you know Mark and Spencer's? I know Mark and I know Spencer. Mm. Oh, you actually do know Spencer. <laughs> but um, they have this thing that they sell in Mark and Spencer's called gin in a tin, and I wanted to try it because it's oh. gin in a tin. It's like canned like, gin and tonic. It, oh, I see. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is it just gin or is it gin mix, pre-mixed with tonic? Yeah. But it sounds like a, a gin and tonic pre-mixed in a can. Yeah, it's oh, supposed yeah. to be not good, but it's like super popular right now in London. Cause, have you heard of this TV show called Fleabag? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that, apparently that's, that's what made it popular. It's like sales have spiked because of this. Uh, Fleabag was such a good show. Yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you seen it? I've seen it. Wait, tell yeah. me it. I haven't... Why do you what? describe it to, to Mac? Um, it's unusual. Like, when I saw the first episode or two, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. But eventually it grew on you. So, like, um, the whole shooting style is such that, like, you know, this person's going through, like, I mean, it's ups and downs that most people go through. But, sure. like, a really humorous and somewhat dark take on it. Okay. Um, but every once in a while, like, she pans to the camera and she talks directly to the camera. Oh, um, okay. And so it's like, you know, you're kind of following her along in her life journey as opposed to like, you know, this clearly being a produced shoot uh, or something. So it's very interesting. And yeah. like, um, she goes through more ups and downs than the average person does, to, to put it mildly. But uh, it's quite interesting. And the way that like, you know, she cracks jokes with the viewers and like pans to them every <laughs> once in a while um, to kind of like, you know, the, the whole self-deprecating humor of like how miserable her life is, things like that. Yeah. But it's so well done. I think it won a bunch of Emmys this time. Yeah, right? yeah, I think it did. I think she won an Emmy at least, and then uh, for acting and writing, I think. Yeah, and is, she was on SNL. Is it similar to like The Office, like where they do the talking heads, or? Uh, it so The Office is done in a like fake documentary style yeah. where like everybody's aware of this. Yeah. This is like from her point of view where she'll like. Like it's going, and then she'll like turn to the camera and like start talking about like what just happened. 
Um, it's a really interesting, like, yeah. uh, setup. Interesting. Yeah, I thought the same thing, though, when I first started watching it. I was like, I'm not sure if I'll like this. Yeah. Um, because it seemed pretty distracting, but it actually ended up working out really well. Like, I watched the whole thing in, like, a weekend or something. There aren't very many episodes. Yeah. Hmm. There was one particular episode that uh, that stuck with me, which like in which they did this whole like panning to the ca- uh, camera and talking to the camera thing really really well. Yeah. Where um, I think her sister and this lawyer that she's hiring for the Fleabag character um, were basically having this like witty back and forth lawyer banter exchange, <laughs> and like uh, she keeps panning back to the camera in between the conversation, like super fast, right? Like this is like every couple of seconds she's like panning to the camera and having a conversation about how she thinks that there is some sexual tension between her sister <laughs> and like the the other lawyer that they're talking about. Uh, but it was really well done. Yeah. Right? And it was so good, my wife and I had to rewind and watch that thing all over again just because it was so well done. Oh, that's funny. That's, it reminds me of we used to do in, well, you were part of improv, uh, the improv troupe in New York. We used to do a monologue, so you'd be interacting with your partner, you'd be having a scene, and then one of you would turn to face the audience and then, you know, say some monologue or, you know, talk to the camera, but you'd be inventing other parts of the story that then your character would have to play off of. Uh, yeah, I wasn't into oh, improv you, as much as you. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you were there for that, that rehearsal. I don't think I was there for no. that. No. Uh, that was a good yeah. time. Yeah. No, that sounds like uh, interesting. I wasn't as good as improv as Mac. I think you were. I think I, you were just not as uh, excited about it as I was. <laughs> uh, like, there are some improv offsites in New York. I don't know if you guys have ever tried one of these, but I think Lenny and the artillery folks did this at some point. <laughs> really? Yeah. Artillery folks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. um, they did like some kind of improv offsite at some point. Oh, um, we should do one. They found it quite fun, apparently. So. <laughs> I okay. feel like those offsites are... Uh, improv, to me, is like one of those things where everyone has to be like all in, otherwise it's awkward. And I feel like an offsite is people will go because it's an offsite. Maybe you're not necessarily interested in the activity. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah, right. But I think like they give you enough cues to kind of like keep things moving in case ah. like it slows down because mm-hmm. like, you know, they're kind of doing this for a set of folks who are not necessarily into improv or even know what improv is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Could you yeah. imagine going in that and going, improv is? <laughs> I mean, that, no, I understand yeah. that people do, but yeah. I'm just like, it would be like if I showed them to like, I don't know, uh, like skydiving and that name would skydiving <laughs> once. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to be jumping off a plane? What? <laughs> uh, it reminds me of the time we did karaoke. I feel like karaoke is a sort of improv um, but we did it with the artillery team. That was fun time. That was for the... That was yeah, my right, going away right, thing, right. yeah. Wait, you right. weren't there for that. No, no, no. Well, we did it We did it once with Long Yu. That wasn't the um, the time. Oh, we did there. it again. That's right. We did yeah, it again. But we yeah. did. You guys did it for your going away part. How was yeah. that, by the way? It was long, I thought. It was... Uh, yeah, I think we went on for like three hours or something. Mm. Um I could not speak at the end of it because I'd been <laughs> screaming yeah. into the mic all the time. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and we found out how good of a singer Bill actually is. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I think he kind of held back a little bit to kind of like make the rest of us not feel as bad or <laughs> as mm-hmm. shy coming into the microphone. Yeah. But he is so good. Yeah, I remember. I think it was you're going you're going away thing was in the summer because I feel like we walked into the karaoke place and it was still light out. Yeah, and I was like, I've never walked into a karaoke place while it's still light out. <laughs> It's like, it's not something you do during the day. (laughs) It's like all dark in there anyways, but it's just like really disorienting. (laughs) It's just really funny. That place was really dark. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> took I mean, a while to adjust from the outside. <laughs> that's probably the point, right? Is you don't want people staring at you. It's like a so casino, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll want to know there's daylight because they charge by, like, the hour, right? It's so, like, they never mm-hmm. want you to leave. I thought they would charge by, like, the bucket of, like, beers. That they also bringing. charge you the beer. Oh, okay. The karaoke is actually, I think, done by the hour. Uh, makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we walked into a casino last, um, last summer. Here. <laughs> That's right, we did. Uh, I'll tell the story. It's a short story, so it's not, uh, it's not a big investment for the podcast. But we were walking through, what's the name of the square? Leicester Square? square yes, Leicester. Like, yeah, one of those. Um, you all know how it's pronounced. Um, <laughs> That's very confused right now. We were looking for, it was a year and a half ago, it was the, the playoffs. We were looking for some place that was playing the Patriots versus whoever the they Jacksonville were. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Was it the Jags? Yeah. Um, and so we were just kind of like stumbling around looking for a place and we had gone into a few, like we had, I don't know if this is before we stumbled or after we stumbled upon like an Applebee's or Friday's or one of these places, no TVs, which is funny to Mike and I, because the whole point of going to Applebee's or Friday's is like watch TV. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but then we finally like walk into this casino that we figure might have some entertainment and they do have the game. Um, but, uh, one, I'm carrying like a vlog camera and I'm wearing like a hood and a hat or whatever. So like immediately I get stopped by security and like they question us. And when we finally get in the place, there was no room. It was standing, standing room only. Yeah, Even standing then, room like only. we were awkwardly in the way of like the waiters and waitresses <laughs> when we were trying to just watch the game. Um, so we ended up leaving, uh, and finding an American sports bar, yeah. right? Somewhere in London or pub or whatever. It was an American it. bar. Yeah. Mac didn't realize it, but <laughs> after we left, I pointed out, he's like, how do you know this is an American place? So I'm like, we turned around and we just looked at it. It was just covered in American flags. Like, just very, like, so very classically yeah. American. Just, like, flags everywhere. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> it was really funny. I, I would, like, walk out. I was like, what a, what a funny, you know, how funny that they were playing the game. Like, what a, how lucky are we? And we turn around, it's just a wall of American flags. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably where everybody go watch um, American sports. Yeah. Although I did see, I was in the hotel room the other night, it was Sunday, and I was trying to look for, like, football, and I found there was one channel with British commentary uh, for, like, the the Vikings game or whatever game was on. I thought it was interesting. And you know who was on it? Uh, In addition to the British commentator was Takiyo Spikes, who used to be a Buffalo Bills linebacker. (laughs) And I was like, Takiyo, what are you doing over here? (laughs) Like, how did you get into British NFL commentary? That's really funny, actually. Yeah, it was. Um, and it made me think of, like, all these other... You know, I feel like that's the thing you do after you retire from the NFL. You go into, like, commentary. You can go into, like, analysis mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. I wonder what other, like, areas of the world NF- old NFL players are in doing commentary because they're, like, not top tier enough or not, like... Uh, they're not Tony Romo. Yeah, they're not the Tony Romos. Or yeah. They're not the, you know, yeah. the Phil Sims. Well, what are you going to do when you retire? Mm, probably do commentary, right? <laughs> Analysis of other software engineers. You're going to comment on people's code <laughs> in live, real time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stop, stop that. What are you doing? That's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that's actually pretty uh, lucrative. That would be funny, actually. I'm surprised yeah, that's not a, a, a thing. professional code reviewer. Yeah. All right, we have a startup idea. Let's go. Maybe let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I like the idea, though, of not interacting with the person who's writing the software. Like, in the same way that, like, the quarterback can't actually hear Tony Romo. If we just like watch someone else write <laughs> software and just like bash them like while they're typing. <laughs> Should we use the wild loop there? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Four loop. Yeah, no, that's oof. That good. It's like, oh, do wild there. Oh, should that do wild? Ooh, look, you got just crushed their performance. Wow. Uh, it would be funny too, because you could like draw with like the marker, you know how they do all the like the diagramming and yeah. whatnot. You could do that with the code as it's well. Like, Should have moved this code block here. Yeah, bring that over there. Yeah, that's a funny idea. Yeah, that's a pretty funny idea. Um, Just make a YouTube parody show. We should do that. 
Let's do it right after this podcast. I feel like that's all you need to know. Yeah, all that's Max. Fake it till we make it. That's what I do. Have to <laughs> so uh, yeah. Anyway, Vinod is our guest. We should be interviewing. Yeah, we should today. be interviewing. Yeah. Vinod. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll let. We have a, a list of questions yeah, curated by uh, friends and family. Okay. Should uh, I bring? Should I pull that up? Do you want to pull it up? Yeah. yeah. Sure. I'll pull it up. Yeah. Um, okay. So wow. Um, okay. First question mm-hmm. uh, comes from. Uh, a uh, viewer, listener named uh, David, last name unknown. Uh, uh, this could actually be a number of people, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, poor Vinod doesn't yeah, actually know. Doesn't actually know. Um, uh, what is it like owning a Porsche? Well, the question is now in the past tense because I've sold the Porsche. Wow, well, um, huge bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> I did not yes, know that. Dramatic plot twist. <laughs> Actually, this is kind of sad. Um, um, I sold it over the summer. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I think it's, uh, it's one of those cars where like, I could always like, cheer myself up by driving it. Um, it was a stick shift. Um, I think driving it on the East Coast was a little bit more challenging because I could not pull it out for many times of the year. Um, it's a real wheel drive, which means if it, if you happen to get stuck in a snowbank or something, like you're actually stuck. Um, not that that ever happened, but, um, it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, but in California, of course, it was tons and tons of fun. Um, I enjoyed driving on a lot of the Bay Area mountain roads with it. Um, and like just the feeling of like shifting the gears and moving stuff around was a ton of fun. The other nice thing about this particular car, which was a Cayman S, is that the engine is actually in the middle of the car as opposed to the rear, which is where most Porsches have it, or the front, which is where most other cars have the engine. Um, having the engine right in the middle of the car and basically slung low means that you have a low and central center of gravity. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for you to do something stupid with the car. Uh... Um, like, you know, you can if you tried going too fast around a curve, like most cars, you would either spin out one way or another, um, but in this car, like, you would actually be able to do it relatively safely. Not that I recommend doing this on a mountain road at any time, just mind you, and as a warning for all of our listeners. Um, but you can. <laughs> Interesting. Where does the... So I'm thinking an engine is, like, large. Yes. <laughs> like, where does the engine sit if it's in the middle of the... the... It's, like, literally right behind the seats. Um, oh, yeah, so it's okay. like the car only has two seats. Right, so um, that explains why it's... So it's like right behind them, and then there's like a little bit of a trunk space behind that. I see. Um, so it's like you, and then there's the engine right behind you, and then there's the trunk behind that. And is that the idea behind having the engine there? Just having the center of gravity and you know, yep. center mass? Yep. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, so but unfortunately, you... it's now gone. Yeah. Um, and I am moving on to larger cars. So. Okay. Yeah. So it what do you have now? Um, I have inherited my wife's old Golf R, um, which we had in the East Coast before okay. we moved back to California. Um, and she has a Tesla now. Um, oh, okay. This was the compromise that we worked out uh, in order for me to get my way and for us to stay closer to Facebook as opposed to closer to her work. Oh, so uh, she gets the longer commute, but she also gets the nicer car. Uh, so this ooh, is what we worked yeah, out. Really nice car. <laughs> And have you tried the, is it like one of the Teslas with autopilot? It is, yeah. It's 
kind of magical actually. Um, it oh. does a lot of stuff. So there are things it cannot do. You can't drive it on city streets because it doesn't know how to recognize signals and stop signs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or pedestrians. So you, <laughs> oh, you want to be careful if you're driving <laughs> in the city. But if you're driving on a freeway, it's amazing. Um, it takes care of all the little turns on the road. It makes sure to like maintain enough distance from cars. It can switch lanes on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, it can even switch freeways on its own. So like if you're switching from like one freeway to another freeway, um, it can do that interchange on its own without you having to do anything. Nice. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I remember, um, di- do you know David Trail? Yes. So he just got a Tesla 3. <laughs> a question uh, a question provider for... <laughs> yeah. Question provider. No, no, that was not the... Uh, well, I, I don't know, actually. It didn't give a last name. <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> he, um, he just got a Tesla 3. I think and he he drove me to the airport one time in it and the, he was showing me autopilot and I was like this is so scary yeah I'm like I'm like I know how software gets made I'm like <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually kind of cool like he was showing me like he tell to change it would like change lanes and they would actually just like follow cars on like one well, on one is pretty easy I guess just like yeah. a straight straight pass to the airport but I was like uh, this is kind of scary though yeah I was freaking out the first time I tried autopilot as well Luckily, I had a friend with me whose wife worked at Tesla at the time. Um, and so they were more familiar with how to use autopilot. And so he showed me how to do the whole thing. Um, so I built up a little bit of comfort doing that. Right, right. Yeah. But if I had to try it out on my own for the first time, like, I would be terrified. Like, I think my wife still doesn't use it on her own if I'm not in the car. <laughs> like, if we go down, yeah. we're going down together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm taking you down with me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's funny. I kind of felt the same way about... It's not not the same, but like my Honda, my my new favorite car in the world. Uh, Christine gives me a hard time because I really love it, love our car. Has uh, cruise control that will maintain distance between you and the car. So it's like you know, oh, nice. it's you know simple, but it's nice and that I don't have to worry about like constantly pumping the brakes when we're in like traffic. I can't just let the car like start and stop on its own. But it took a while for me to at least trust the car to like stop. Yeah. Right. Because I wasn't sure if it was actually going to stop and it would be like a little bit like too late for comfort sometimes. But now I'm just like, yeah, it stops like more reliably than I do. <laughs> It'll let me know when I'm about to rear end someone. So, yeah, uh, the, the idea of like earning trust uh, is interesting. Is it very conservative um, in the way that it like maintains distance and stuff? You or can pick. Is it... OK. Yeah. You can pick how far back you want to sit from the cars in front of you. Uh, which is you nice. can pick. Yeah. Wow. It's got like four different levels. It's like one inch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, get yeah. as close as possible to yeah. the other car. Option number one is like Manhattan, like taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. Option four is like sitting a mile and a half back. But, uh, <laughs> I'm usually sitting between option two and option three. So. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Right, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, should I ask the next question? Yeah, why don't you ask yeah. the next question? Pull uh, out, sorry, um, let me pull it up real quick. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is a question we have from uh, another Vinod, actually. Um, <laughs> maybe a troll. Um, and they're asking Vinod, what is your proudest accomplishment in life? This is getting deep really quickly. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, or maybe, maybe uh, yeah, proudest might be a bit of a superlative, but maybe one of your most proud, one of your proudest. <laughs> I was hiding you guys onto the team. In the <laughs> oh. 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 oh, what a wow. setup. Yeah. 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 Softball question. Softball, real softball question right there. Um, um, it's a good question. I know there's a, there's a few different things. I think um, let's see. So I guess if I think outside of work, um, I think 
one particularly proud and memorable moment for me was just like my wife and I moving in together because mm-hmm. it had been a really really long time um we kind of so i think i've told you guys a story but we met on a plane um we wait Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we met on a plane. Um Okay, you need to the... give us the whole story now. Okay, let's <laughs> let's start over. So I met my wife on a plane. Um we were flying back from India to the US. Um and she was about to start med school and I was about to start at Facebook. Um and I would have headed back to San Francisco except my mom and my sister were both in New York at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go through New York and her family lives in Long Island. So um she was also flying back to New York. Um but like 2 weeks later we would both head off to like you know San Francisco and Cleveland respectively. Mm-hmm. Um so like it was just coincidence that we happened to meet on the plane. Um she also has a twin sister and usually the two of them travel together but this one time she was heading back earlier because I think her med school was starting like a couple of weeks earlier than her sister's or something. Um so they came to India together but they traveled apart. So all of these things needed to line up. We also weren't sitting on the same row. and as it turns out like there was a guy next to me and a guy next to her who knew each other right and so they oh, asked us like, oh wrong. wow there was like a bunch of coincidences wow. that happened to work out and so we were sitting next Bizarre. to each other and like you know we started talking and like 20 hours later we were still talking and wow. so uh we figured we would give it a shot um but like she started off in cleveland and i started off in san francisco and we were long distance for a while when she finished med school her residency was going to be at yale um and after trying like living apart for a year like or living further apart for a year um i eventually decided to move to new york and that's when i met you guys mm. um so no um, coincidences yeah <laughs> so many of them <laughs> um and they all had to line up but like even in the new york area it wasn't easy because like um i was living in jersey city she was living in new haven um we decided not to live in the same place uh at like because um it was going to be like a two and a half hour commute if like i lived in new haven mm-hmm. um we didn't want to pick something that was halfway in between either because like it's a residency she needed to get to the hospital at like weird hours of the morning and night mm-hmm. um and so it's actually easier for her if she's staying somewhere within a few minutes of the hospital which is what she did mm-hmm. um so we figured okay it's just two more years like let's power through this and we did but it was rough at times um but eventually we did manage to move in together in, in california and i'm actually i was pretty proud that that finally happened so you know could have flamed out at so many different points but it didn't major brownie points yeah. earned today by the dad <laughs> yeah uh, yeah dad's wife is listening to this podcast yes i would need <laughs> yes uh, that's a very sweet story yeah yeah it's also you mentioned the coincidences that is highly unlikely all those things there are so many unlikely things that came together for this <laughs> yeah, just, yeah wow does that make it feel like all the more magical it does actually yeah. i think like we kind of had to work for it so we value what we have even more now mm-hmm. um and honestly i think if it had started the other way where we had been living together and then we had to move apart and live apart for many years i'm not sure it would have worked out the same way mm-hmm. um because i think that's actually harder to do but like we kind of gradually moved closer and closer together mm-hmm. like got comfortable with each other and in stages and then eventually moved in together finally so they took a while but we got there yeah <laughs> yeah well congrats i'm happy yeah. you're happy now well, i know you're happy but i just mean i'm happy yeah all as well thank you yeah. um so yeah like uh you know we want we It was a heavy question, so it deserved a heavy response. <laughs> yeah, a heavy question from other Bernard. From other Bernard. Wow. I totally did not ask this question myself just to earn the job. Yeah. Just putting that out there. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest setup of all time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mac, what was your proudest accomplishment? <laughs> wow. Um, 
when Christine and I know. <laughs> uh, let me think here. That's really hard to follow up. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, wow. I don't know. I think... So, obviously, like, uh, meeting Christine was not as dramatic as uh, Vinod's story. Uh, but getting married and then, you know, you know continuing to, uh, you know, grow and invest in our relationship is obviously very rewarding. I think for me, my proudest accomplishment is like still happening or is like still on the like the horizon if you will i'm being a little uh hand wavy here to try and make myself seem dramatic but <laughs> so global services industry <laughs> <laughs> my current project network no 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 there you i don't go. know I, I was telling christine this earlier i feel like i'm peaking in california like i feel like i'm just continually becoming a more mature slash like better slash i don't know like cooler mm-hmm. whatever like mm-hmm. Becoming the person that I've always wanted to be, uh, like with each each day that's passing, and for me that's like an accomplishment in and of itself. Um, and so I'm excited to see like how far I can take it and how how far I can, uh, you know, strive to become that that person or whatever. So I don't think there's any like one moment or like time that I'm like most proud of. I think it's I'm most proud of who I'm becoming now that I moved to California. Okay. Well. Yeah. I don't know if that's an accomplishment. Like, I don't know if moving to California is an accomplishment. I, th- I feel like if I were to paraphrase your most proud accomplishment, it would be being myself. <laughs> be, yeah, no. <laughs> be like, being Mac is my most proud accomplishment. I mean, in a way, in a way, yes. As conceited as that may uh, sound. Um, wow, anyway. smoking like a true 26-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, we've got around the table. Uh, Mike? Oh, um, uh, my? Yeah. I, I feel like I don't uh, have any accomplishment. Um, All right, moving on. Well, yeah. you, you got through a PhD, so there's that. Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to say that. It feels kind of lame, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, probably, uh, yeah, I think getting a PhD would probably be my biggest accomplishment. Um, uh, mostly just because, um, uh, I don't know, I feel like uh, sticking through it, um, was particularly tough. Like, like I mean, I, I feel like as with anything, like any accomplishment, right? There are like ups and downs, and I think uh, uh, there were. Um, but uh, I, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, it's nice to say that you've done something. You have this piece of work that you can say that, hey, I've done and have spent a considerable amount of my life doing, and uh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, it takes a huge amount of commitment. So props to you for sticking through it and actually making it happen. Yeah, unclear if it's the right commitment, but... <laughs> it, it was a yeah, commitment. It was a commitment. The nice thing about it is it's a finite amount of time. Well, sort of finite. It's a finite amount of time, right, of commitment. So, you know, it's a long time, but it's a finite, right? It's not like but marriage, now you get but, to be yeah. called Dr. Mike Chow, so there's that. Yeah, that's true. But nobody calls me Dr. Mike Chow. Uh, yeah. yeah. You just need to start using it. No, wait, don't you... Did, is it you or uh, our other sponsor, Dr. David Meisner, who uses doctor whenever he fills out, like, flight information or stuff it's like definitely, that? It's definitely, definitely Meisner. Okay. <laughs> definitely Meisner. Meisner power moves. Yeah, right. Are there any doctors on the plane? <laughs> yeah. Slouches down. Slouches down. David just raises his hand. So, I think I, I spotted this a uh, few years ago when I was managing him. Um, where, like, you know, so I get expense reports from his travels and stuff. And so I look at the hotel bill and I was like, yeah, it says Dr. David Meisner up there. And I was like, really? Now? <laughs> Weird flex. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's really, really great. 
So you should start doing that. And then when hotels greet you, they'll be like, welcome, Dr. Chow. We have your room for you. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's just like an uh, ego boost. It really is. <laughs> yeah. An ego boost. Like maybe you'll get extra perks. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe you'll get that room with the jacuzzi. For being a doctor. For being just a doctor. For being doctor. Just, for, just for saying doctor on the, on the hotel form. Yeah, I guess is there any validation of that? Like, should I start using the do- <laughs> doctor bag? You gotta earn it, man. You, yeah, you gotta true, stick to the PhD. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever could. Too much, uh, too much, I don't think it's commitment. It's just too much uh, hard work. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to ask the next question from the list? Okay, fine. Next yeah. question. Um... So we have a question from Spartan Race Enthusiast. No idea who this is, actually. Um, but would you ever run a Spartan race? No. Yeah. All right, there we go. That was a pretty simple that one. That was a pretty simple yesterday. It's yes like way no too much punishment for, for getting exercise in. Um, like, I like soccer. It's less violent. You don't have to jump over flaming rocks and all the other stuff. So mm. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about soccer. What's your favorite? I know your favorite soccer team, but I'm asking it so that people, <laughs> the feel folks, can, uh, yeah, yeah, folks at home. Uh, it's Inter Milan. They're a team in Italy. Um, when I was growing up, uh, I used to watch Italian soccer on TV, and the Brazilian Ronaldo, the bald guy, um, just joined that team at the time. Um, and like growing up, every kid wanted to be Ronaldo, so um, that's the team I started to watch. And like long after Ronaldo left, that's the team that I continue to put my commitment mm. and investment in. There's one of those things where like, you know, you question yourself as to am I making the right commitment? <laughs> um, but like in 2010, the year I met my wife actually, um, they did win the Champions League, which is like the biggest European club trophy. Um, so that did happen after like, I don't know, 50 years of waiting or something. Um, so, you know, ups and downs. Ups and downs of sports fans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, another coincidence too as well. That's really funny. What's well, a coincidence? Well, that it happened in 2010. Oh, yeah. that happened in 2010. Yeah. 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 I remember watching that one, actually, yeah. That you watched? The the Champions League? Yeah, I was like, I have a lot, I have a lot of friends in college who, who, who were into um, oh, okay. soccer, so that's probably the peak of my soccer following. <laughs> <laughs> we were planning on going to a game uh, this week at some point, right? Premier League? Yeah. But we never planned it out, so we we're probably not going to end up going. I'm, I'm sure you've been to... Uh, I have not been to a Premier League game. Oh, really? Um, uh, the only Inter matches that I've watched live are in the U.S. actually, um, because every once in a while, like the European clubs come over to the U.S. Mm-hmm. in the summer and play a few friendly games, mm-hmm. um, earn some revenue, get to sign some jerseys and stuff for people. So, um, so I've only seen those. I haven't actually been to the stadium in Milan to watch the game. I've been to the stadium separately, but there wasn't a game oh, going on when I was right, there. Right, right. Ah. Uh, but you could always squint and imagine. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just as good. Um, so you must know... No, you go. No, go you ahead. go. No, you go. go. go uh, I was going to say, so you must know then that soccer, as as we Americans say, within the U.S. is not as big as other sports like football, baseball, tennis. So what's the missing piece here? Like, why is soccer not as big in, in America? Or what do we need to do to make it as big? Those are excellent questions. I think one of the, the challenges with soccer is that, is that it's actually harder to monetize than most other American sports. Like, um, so my theory, at least for a while now, has been that like, um, there are inherently more breaks built into 
basketball and football and so on. And so you can sneak in a lot of advertisements and a lot of ad revenue from every single game, right? You can't do that in soccer because it's like 45 continuous minutes and a 15-minute break and then another 45 continuous minutes. So it's just much harder to monetize. So there's like less money that goes into it in general. Um, In Europe, I mean, they've been doing it for centuries, which is why they uh, continue to invest heavily in it. Um, But like, I don't know, I feel like it's just, at least for the US, where like a lot of big businesses are involved in just about every aspect of life. Um, It's really hard for them to justify monetizing soccer the same way. So the only way that it makes it is if it gets enough government funding. And I don't think there will be as much government funding as there will be private investment. Um, like every soccer club team in the U.S. is actually owned by some private entity as well, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's why I think it's, uh, it's not as popular. Um, but you never know. There could be various other reasons for it. Yeah. No, that's a really good answer. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say because Americans are dumb or something. <laughs> um, yeah. So would you be in favor then of like breaking up matches into like 15 minute chunks? Absolutely not. What? No, I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, it would be a hard sell in either direction. Like, because, you know, the rest of the world's not going to do it. Right. Like, right. Um, right. So there are justifications for like shortening uh, or adding more breaks into games. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, uh, when you play matches at the, like in peak summer, um, it is like physically hotter, and so like you're going to need more hydration breaks and things like that. Right. Um, so in like games that happen over the summer, like the World Cup games and so on, um, they do actually take like more water breaks and stuff. But I haven't actually seen like advertisers trying to sneak in a few ads during those water breaks. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure if that's enough, and I don't think it'll happen throughout the year. Like because most of the year the weather is actually decent enough um that like you can play for 45 minutes more or less consecutively uh-huh. so yeah right hmm. yeah well you i think you mentioned this you saw a game in barcelona i did actually yeah okay. uh, good memory so i did this when i was out on recharge um right. so 2017 when i was moving back from new york to california mm-hmm. um my wife and i spent like three weeks in europe and among that was um uh, like a few days in Barcelona. We happened to be there for a Real Madrid versus Barcelona game. Oh, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> so it was still like, you know, it was still in the preseason phase. So there's this thing called the Super Cup that happens between like the league winner and the cup winner. Like, uh, don't ask me what those are. But, um, but like Barcelona were playing Real Madrid and it was like, it was not a friendly game. It was a competitive game, but it's also not like the the big portion of the season yet. Mm. Um so, but it was still, like, really competitive. Yeah. And, like, I think um, this was the season before Ronaldo moved to Italy. Um, oh, and so, wow, Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I remember he came on as a second-half substitute and had these 10 minutes where, like, he scored a goal and then got two yellow cards and got himself sent off. Um, <laughs> so, Real Madrid finished the game with, like, 10 people. Um, but they still managed to win the game in the end. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yep. And it was kind of crazy because, like, the Barcelona fans all around. This wasn't, like, as I said, this wasn't even a big game. This was just, like, one of the preseason cups that happens. Sure. But the fans were so broken up about it. Like, there were, like, these kids that were crying on the way out and, like, a few adults were crying with them. And, like, oh, it was, wow. yeah, it was so dramatic. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Um... But it was also just kind of interesting to see, like, the whole city come in for the game. And the stadium was, like, completely packed, even though this was, like, again, early season game and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. kind of awesome. 
Wow. Good memory, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I remember things. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he got the PhD. Yeah, right. This must, be, this must come with a PhD. Um, yeah, well, since we're in London, maybe we can ask a London question, huh? I think we can. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite thing about London? Mm. Or what do you enjoy? What, every single time you come to London, what do you enjoy most? Or what is something that you enjoy about the lifestyle here or something that you have to go do? The Indian food, actually. Um, mm. London has fantastic Indian food. Like, I honestly think it's better than most places <laughs> in India even. Wow. Um, so, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of really good, high-quality Indian places here. Um, like... By high quality, I mean like Michelin starred or like, you know, places that have had Michelin stars in the past and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and there's a bunch around the central London area. So like within like a 20 minute walk of uh, anywhere from here, um, you'd probably find like a handful of Michelin starred restaurants here. And they're so good. Um, they all have fantastic tasting menus. So I would highly recommend trying that sometime. Um, but even if you don't want to go all the way to a Michelin star restaurant, there are other Indian places as well, which are also really, really good because the standard is pretty high overall. So. Yeah. Yeah. So better than New York even? Yes. Wow. I think New York has one or two of these places. So there's one called Indian Accent, um, which I forget exactly where it is. I feel like it's, um, somewhere in Midtown. Um, but that's like the one place that, uh, that I've been to in New York, which is like, you know. It's outstanding Indian mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. and there's like five or six of them here. Right? So yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, have you ever been to a Michelin star restaurant? I think I have once. Right? Isn't the there's some place that's really close to the office um, that we went with Long Yu? That's not like a that's not the an actual Michelin. It's star, the cheapest is it? Michelin star restaurant in all of Tim Hoa. Yeah, Tim Hoa. That's right. <laughs> oh, this is that uh, Michelin star dim sum place. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I'm not, of, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you get you gotta go to Chinatown for real dim sum. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I haven't been to any other Michelin star restaurants besides that one. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. uh, that was an interesting time actually. We tried for the first time chickens feed. And Longy was like a huge fan. Of, he, had, I guess, he had had him growing up. Matt and I, Matt McNally and I, had not. Uh, but we were like, you know, we we were good sports, so we tried it. And I think Matt was just like his stomach was turning when. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, like, it was like, I don't know. It was like an, an interesting, you know, texture and taste or whatever. It's very greasy, and you have to like pick out the little bones. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, ooh, I'm getting like the, no. the shivers, like thinking about it. Um, that's all I remember from that trip. My mind just went blank after that. <laughs> so, what about you? Are you a big Michelin star? Uh, oh, uh, aficionado. No, I'm not really a big foodie. I tell oh, okay. I tell people this. I'm not a big foodie. Um, I'll enjoy like a good restaurant experience, but it's really generally like with the company I'm with. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Like, you know, if I went to like a Michelin star restaurant by myself, I don't think I would particularly. I mean, I enjoy the food. Like, I guess I, I could probably taste that it's, like, better, right? And I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I'd rather just... I can go somewhere else and also just, like, eat it. Or, you know, it depends yeah. on the company I'm with, right? And I'm sure I would have a good time if I were, like, with people I, I'd like. But, um, yeah, I can appreciate good um, uh, experiences. Mm. This is a... a nice segue. Speaking of, well, I was going to say that it was, it was a great segue, oh, right? right? Because was, we like yeah. to, not that, not that we're ending the show, but we kind of are because we have two minutes left. <laughs> but <laughs> there we, go. we like to, before we end, talk about one new experience that we had in the past week. 
So we usually go around the table and just yeah. talk about it. So like Mac that. will go first to let you think of something, and then I'll go. And then yeah, yeah, I'm happy. So um, this was a big one for me, and I don't know if it counts because I flew to a region, but it was my first time in business class or first class or anything that's nice. not like coach slash yeah, uh, wow. economy or whatever. Um, it was actually really nice. The seats, you know, reclined like 45 degrees, which wasn't like all the way, but it was much better than like the two degrees or, you know, the, whatever they'll give you back in coach. I got lots of attention from all like this, like people were bringing me drinks and food and I had meals and TV and like a large like seat with lots of windows. So, um, it was great. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah wow, first time okay. business class. How would you, uh, oh, that, rate it one to 10, no seven. I mean, it was still, I was still flying. Like it's still not as comfortable as like being in like an actual bed. Right, so I don't but, feel, I feel like I couldn't go higher than a seven for that reason alone. Like, um, yeah, but you can't give it a seven. So you yeah, yeah. So six? I'd go six. six. I think I'd go six. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. This a little bit unrelated, but I feel like relevant, so I'll bring it up. What's the proper way to flatulate in business class? Because I feel like in economy, you can kind of just like let it go, and people are like, it's economy. I don't know. Okay. I, don't know. Yeah. I think you just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I think you have you, even yeah. more space. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Just, not yeah. even like your poor seatmates have to <laughs> be there for it. So. Uh, okay. Okay. Good. Cool. All right. Then. Good to know from the way back. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so one new experience I did, uh, which was actually last night, I went on a ghost tour in London. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it was a, a part of the a free tour. Um, you can't, you, you tip the guy at the end. Um, but, uh, it was, um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, uh, we heard about ghosts, um, in London. Um, and, uh, really interesting. Didn't fall asleep standing up. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, what's cool was it was actually through a part of London I hadn't seen too much, um, like through St. James Park. Um, and, um, it was actually, I generally tend to avoid more like touristy things when I travel, but this was something that was okay, fine. I could do this. Mm. Uh, so yeah. I wanted to let you have your time to speak, but Mike definitely fell asleep standing up <laughs> on the tour, and his excuse was that it's dark out. <laughs> it was really dark out. Like, surprisingly, you're in the middle of a park and there's no lights. It's really dark out. It's really easy to fall asleep, I'm just saying. Uh, then I tried to take a picture of Mike while I was sleeping, but my flash was on, so I was like super So you just blinded the whole group. I uh, caused a scene, yeah. but uh, that was fun. Yeah. Good times. Um, so... This is interesting because my new experience was also going to be about falling asleep in random places. Um, mm. So, um, I don't know, maybe this is a 30s thing or something, but mm -hmm. like um, this past weekend, uh, my wife and I hung out with some of our friends and like we decided that we were going to do the millennial thing and go hang out at a couple of bars and stuff. Um, except I was really tired. It was a long week, like last week with all the summits and offsites and other get togethers and stuff like that. Um, so, it was like around 10.30 or something. It was a really loud bar. There was music playing everywhere. There were people that were like, you know, just generally yelling and having a good time. Mm -hmm. And I legit fell asleep. <laughs> like, I put my, I put my yeah. palm, uh, my face in my palms, and I was at the bar, and I just fell asleep. And at some point, like, I think all my friends took pictures of me sleeping and stuff. And like, 
the sad part was I didn't even care. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. I'm so tired right now. <laughs> like, whereas, like, I think a few years ago, I would probably have been like, okay, you know what? I should make an effort. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. nope, I don't care. I need my nap and I'm taking it right, <laughs> right now. So that was a new experience. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> a little depressing, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely, I, I mean, who hasn't done that, right? I've definitely done that. I've definitely done that. I, I, I'd have thought. No. Uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely oh, fallen, asleep, fallen asleep at bars. I've fallen asleep playing board games, just like head down on the table. <laughs> I've fallen asleep on on the bus. I've fallen asleep, you know, any, like anywhere you could probably think of, I've fallen asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots of pictures to prove. I know. <laughs> All right, I need to go find Ahmed. Um, uh, great, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. It felt like a regular conversation rather than the fancy setup and everything. So I guess the phone setup does actually work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you then, product. But yeah, thanks for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thanks, Vinod. Thank you.